You are listening to Work Human Radio, pioneered by Global Force, bringing more humanity to today's workplaces. You are enjoying our special edition coverage recorded live from Austin, Texas, and Work Human 18. And now, here are today's hosts. All right, Todd Schnick and Rayanne Thorne back with Work Human Radio. Boy, this is the one I've been looking forward to. We had so much fun uh, you know with her what? last year. I started looking forward to it as soon as she walked away from the table last year. So You guys are kind. <laughs> She's one of those uh, great leaders and inspirers she in this is. industry. So it's always a pleasure to spend some time with her. Say hello to Cy Wakeman. She's, uh, she's pretty awesome, part of her title. <laughs> She's a New York Times bestselling author, and she also delivered the opening keynote here. At we Work love Human. that. So, Sai, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Honor. Honor. Uh, honor is ours, I assure Definitely. you. Now, I quite, I'm quite certain that most people listening to this show are well familiar with you, but just in case, take a quick second, tell us a bit about you and your work. Absolutely. I am the author of a book called No Ego, and it's all about how to cut workplace um, costs of drama and how to end entitlement. So I'm the founder of Reality Based Leadership, and we work with organizations to help them ditch the drama and to conserve all that energy and put it back into happiness and results. Love that. Um, I used to be a theater actress, so I was always say, I'm saving the drama for the stage. I don't I want it at home. That. I don't want it in the workplace. It needs to be back on the stage. So My staff came up with a cup that says, save the drama for your mama. And <laughs> since I'm the mother of eight kids, I'm like, hide the cup. You're I like a mother it. of eight kids? Eight sons. Eight That's sons. fantastic. Isn't that crazy? How did we not know that me. last year? I didn't know that. That's, How did that's we know? That's amazing. So, so this is your second year yes, at it Work is. Human, second year presenting. Yeah. What brought you back? You know, I did a breakout last year, and um, from what I'm told, people really loved it. Of course and they did. so they requested me back, and I was honored to get the opening keynote slot for the pre-conference. So Love that. I got to start the conference off and set the be part of saying the energy. The energy is here amazing on its own. It is. But, um, yeah, I think these people are my tribe. I speak a lot. <laughs> But here you find progressive thinkers, and everybody's focused on how to make it work and what's how next. to make it better. Yeah. Nobody's right? focused on why we can't or what right. I call BMW driving, bitching, moaning, and whining. It's just, <laughs> you know, I say leaders manage energy and not people, and you manage energy away from why we can't to how we could, and this conference is the perfect example of that. Absolutely. You're right. There is a pulse. There's a pulse That you here. feel at this event yeah. that's invigorating and inspiring, and uh, the, the inspiration people feel when they get back to their, to yeah. their office is what I love about this event the most. So It's I'm, like we help people believe it's, it is possible. Yeah. Instead yeah. of every day you start to wonder, is it possible to have these great workplaces? To, to change. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to have change, right? Yeah. So. yeah. And you're inspired to do that after you come to this event. So you are. already based leadership. I imagine if you lined up 10 people and said, define that, yeah. you'd get 10 different definitions. That's part of the intrigue about it. But what is it and, and how, do, what, how do, what do you learn from it? It's as simple as stop arguing with reality. It's an argument you're going to lose 100% of the time. So most of our energy, when we see something that we see as maybe a challenge or a circumstance, most of our energy goes into trying to change that circumstance, trying to change reality. When all of our our energy needs to go into succeeding in that reality, to skilling ourselves up so that we can succeed in any reality. So it's really taking people away from blaming their circumstances or from arguing with the reality and just accepting it for now it is what it is and focusing on how I can succeed in that reality 
And then through that, joining with other people to create a new reality. But you got to start out reality-based. Otherwise, all of your energy is in this victim mindset where your whole focus is on why this shouldn't be happening instead of what's the lay of the land and how do we as a group succeed anyway. I know that you're doing a lot of work with companies and corporations going in and, and assessing the landscape and figuring out how you can bring them to that reality-based leadership. And you mentioned, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier, which was ditch the drama. Yeah. So let's talk about workplace drama right now. What's going on right now? Well, and, and I, I think I'm the only researcher in the world that studies workplace drama. So when people <laughs> ask me what I do for a living, I'm a drama researcher. So here's the lay of the land. Um, drama, if we think of it as emotional waste, right? In every workplace, we're looking for the waste. Right. And we want to use a good process to get rid of that waste, right? So right. if you're in manufacturing, everybody's doing lean. We're trying to figure out how to really... Um, cut costs right. and really be more competitive. But we've come to accept drama, which is just emotional waste, as a cost of doing business. And you know, if you have humans, we're going to have drama. We'll hire and that, the rock star and they bring drama. Exactly. To the but, but it's what we have to do. And everybody's like, you know, they may be unfit for human consumption, but they're a rock star. <laughs> and I'm like, stop calling them a rock star. Because right. rock stars are able to get results and be emotionally inexpensive. So when I first started my work, I was able to quantify that the average person spent two hours a day in drama oh. at work. Now, That's two hours exhausting. A day, exhausting. I redid the research for my newest book, No Ego, that just came out this year. And it's increased to two and a half hours a day. 816 hours per year per person. Is that crazy? Let's talk about waste. So think about as a leader, if you could take that energy and upcycle it and put it back into results and happiness. 816 hours per year per headcount. Some people are doing some math out there. They're like, what? Absolutely. Now, the fact that it increased, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, it's the millennials. <laughs> and so we studied that. It's not an age situation, mm -hmm. folks. It's a human condition. It is our ego at work. So I went on to think about if, if drama is emotional waste, how do you get rid of it in the workplace? Well, waste, you get rid of it through a process. So emotional waste, you get rid of it through a good mental process. And then I started to think that Maybe leaders' roles aren't to inspire and motivate and, and do all these things for you because inspiration and motivation is your choice, your job. Right. What if a leader's role was just to teach you good mental processes and facilitate those so that you thought in higher consciousness in ways that were, were evolved? And in that way, they eliminated the emotional waste from the workplace. But is it just the responsibility of management? I mean, no. Don't and we all have a role yeah, to play Todd. in this? And that's really the key because most of what I found is we put all this role on the leaders. And the leaders feel almost like they need to enable people. It's almost a codependent relationship. And people, when I first came to um, leadership, they said, you know, you're responsible for the engagement and happiness of your team. And I had been a therapist for seven years. And I was like, what do you mean I'm responsible for their happiness? Happiness is a choice. And they're like, well, no, you're responsible for all this stuff for your team. And I immediately thought, you know, that's codependency. I've been treating people and helping them not be codependent, not be responsible for another person's happiness for years. Right. So a lot of people come to work without having done their own work. And I believe that we've got to get really um, clear with folks that if you're going to come to work, you've got to do your own personal work so that when you come to work, we can do great work. So I'm all about making the workplace more human. But a lot of people bring, 
believe making it human is bringing my worst humanness to the table. <laughs> Accept me as I am. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, no, you got to do your mental maturity. You got to do your, your work. So long answer short, um, every one of us has this toggle switch on our head, if you imagine that. It's a little light switch. And in any moment, we can be in low self or high self, but not at the same time. It's binary. So I'm in low self. I'm venting and I'm a victim and I'm seeing the world as mm. negative and you didn't communicate with me and you didn't consult me and I just found out about this and people are trying to set me up. Low self, I'm believing what I'm thinking and I don't realize that that thinking is just my ego. The script. Yeah. I'm not past. the one doing the thinking. I'm the one observing the thinking. But where I get caught in low self is when I start believing my own thinking. At any given minute, you can toggle into high self, which is question what you think. What do I know for sure? What could I do next to add value? Venting and self-reflection are mutually exclusive. You can't vent and self-reflect at the same time. So low self-venting, high self-self-reflection. How do you get there? It's personal curiosity. And so... This idea of self-reflection is so critical. Most people don't do it or really stink at it. Yeah. Can you share a little bit of counsel on how you can begin to bring this into your daily routine? Yeah. The first sign is anytime you start to feel stress and feel like people are against you or the world's against you, that's a sign your thinking's flawed. Even Einstein said the world's benevolent, which means at least neutral. So whenever you're stressed, notice that you're toggled down into this low self place. I love that. That yeah, is a toggle image. switch. Yeah, I love that image. And the way to get out of ego, we call it the ego bypass. The way to get out of ego is through a personal curious question, self-reflection, or an assignment. So if um, Todd gives me a call and he's questioning one of my, he wants to know the status of my project. Okay, if I'm neutral, I'm just like, Todd, I'm a little behind. And he goes, please get it caught up. I'm like, hey, good talk. If I'm in low self, I'm like, he's trying to set me up. He's trying to get me uh, fired. He is, I have this whole He's trying story. to catch me. He's mm -hmm. catch me, not he's performing. Me and, and this is going to end poorly. When I'm stressed, I just ask myself a question. What do I know for sure? Edit my story. Todd called and asked a question. What else do I know? Nothing. I don't know anything more than that. What could I do next that would add value? I could take his advice and get caught up in that particular area. He's giving me a good mm -hmm. tip that that's a focus. It's a way through self-reflection, um, what could I do to help right now? What could I do to add value? That takes us from ego into the better part of our brain, which is collaborative and innovative and, and all of them. If I'm struggling past the moment, right? So that's in the moment, but past the moment, I'm obsessed with the fact that he's calling me and he points out that I'm late on a project. I'm, I'm on my commute and I just can't get over it. Right. It's time for an assignment for self-reflection, bigger than a question. So I'm focused on all the, the reasons his feedback isn't true. An assignment I give people is focus on how his feedback is true. Take all that energy you got and find 10 ways his feedback is true because there's not any feedback we can be given that's not true. Right. It's right. just our ego wants to fight it. We block it. And that gets you into the better part of the brain where you're like, how is this true? So even if you said to me, Sai, you're a murderer, I could say that's not true until I reflected. I'm like, I've murdered people's reputation by right. talking poorly about them. You know, I hate to admit it, but there's a night in college I don't remember. There could be some unsolved mystery, <laughs> right? Oh, I, I hope, hope to heck I not, hope not, right? I hope not. But it's the ability to get mentally flexible releases the ego's clamp on you and restores happiness immediately. So if you can get mentally flexible. 
Did you notice when she was walking through that, that answer there, when she was talking about the tense, I tensed up I got, I, I felt like I yeah. was watching a, a I, series, a murder series. I was calling those, those scenarios, and I was feeling... Yeah, absolutely. But when you were talking about the good way to handle it, yeah. I like relaxed. Everybody did. At the table, we all sat we, back, and we're all just like, yeah, good, we're collaborating again. We're, we're awesome. I came in. Uh-huh. <laughs> How do I... And that's really the key. A lot of leaders are so focused on managing and leading people. I'm like, we manage energy. In the modern leadership philosophy, we manage energy. And it's like that toggle switch. If the leader has any role, it's that maybe I notice when your toggle switch is down and I just flip it up for you. Yeah. I'm just like, you know what? That's really, um, I hear you venting about some things that never happened. Why don't we begin again? Why don't you start, edit your story, then come back and let's do this work together. And a lot of times when we toggle people up, that's all they need. So easy. It's now, such a simple thing it's to so do, simple. too, and it changes everything. It changes everything. Okay. I got to toggle me up, toggle you up. Now, some people, when you toggle them up, it blows their breakers. <laughs> like, right? There's some people you put it up and it goes right back down. Yeah, Have you ever right done that down. in your oh, home? Yes. Where it's like you started up again, it blew all the breakers again. Yep. Those people probably need to go get rewired someplace. Like, they're right. not the ones that we want to work with, but it is that, it's that simple. You could listen to that last five minutes. Of, of your explanation there and change your Everything. whole reality uh, in your workplace, but we still, we're humans. Yeah. And we, just, we have this human condition. How do we begin to break that through? I mean, I, Dang. I, mean, I, I, know, I know it's your life's work trying to answer that yeah, question. It is. But, but how do we begin to break that through and, and make that change? Because it's, it's game changing when you. It's so game changing. And a lot of it is living, is waking up, right? We've all been asleep in this dream where we started to believe our thinking and that everybody's out to get us and we're all victims and life is hard. And happiness is like the suitcase that sits right beside you. And if you just drop your story and pick it up, you would, you would have it. We all have this human condition. And I tell people, I think that's why they like my um, presentations is I'm not here to preach to you. I'm here to tell you, I got this condition too. I wrote books on this stuff and I screw it up only daily. Like, you know, the, the way you do this is, um, there's two ways that have really helped me. I'll just speak from, first of all, I have um, adopted a transcendental meditation practice. And you're hearing a lot about that right now with David Lynch's book out. And, mm-hmm. and Ellen just, um, I think today on her show came out and talking about transcendental meditation. It is a, a, a way to clean your neurological system that teaches you how to unhook from ego way before you need that practice. So it's like you've been to Bradding practice twice a day for 20 minutes that in the moment when I do need to unhook, I have experienced the place beyond ego, that bypass place, that open source place so many times that it's attractive to me. So when I am in the low self, it doesn't feel good anymore because I've practiced the high self so much. It's like that whole just kind of ego It's release. like having the burger when you're used to eating a salad for a month. Exactly. You, you go feel and sick to your yeah. stomach. So medi- you know, picking up a practice of a meditation is like one piece of that. And there's so many other ways to you know, get yourself unhooking where you find it right. like uncomfortable. Um, but things like meditation, self-reflection are really important ones. Another one is um, just really being impeccable about who you hang with so that you can't find anyone to collude with. This is a great one. So this is really like clean it up for each other because both of us can be in low self or high self. I have uh, one cherished girlfriend and I can call her up with any crazy story and she's just kind of like, you know, what really happened? (laughs) 
<laughs> she I, she points the mirror at you and says, she really hey, does, you. Not judging, not any of that. Right. I just, I fall off the bus and she's like, hey, you know, why don't we, you know, look at that, right. that differently? And, um, and that's invaluable. Well, that's, I've gone through places in my career and in my personal life where I've had to separate from friends that were lifelong friends, but I realized they were bringing toxic energy drama to my table that I didn't need. Absolutely. So, and so many of us keep those people as employees oh. thinking, you know, that, that that's the cost of doing, uh, you know, being cost drama. Of doing business, but, yeah. But for me, your prerequisite for work is you got to come in willing, at least willing to be toggled into a high self. Otherwise, game over. I can't, I can't work with you if you're stuck on being in a low self place. And, and what a so, great experience to have a, um, a boss, a supervisor that can do that for you. Mm-hmm. What a, I mean, and for you to realize you could be that person. Yeah. You could be the, the, the person that changes work life for you another person on your team. If people are willing, and what most people don't realize though is like buy-in is a verb. Mm-hmm. Like people come to work for me in, in the past, they're like, so make the case, buy me in, yeah. convince me this change is good. I'm like, that's not even my job. Yeah. Buy-in's a verb. You've got to come bought in. You you go first. Yeah. And once you're bought in, or, or I say, you know, um, get willing. And people think sometimes that willingness is that you have to agree with me. That's not it. Willingness is that you will dialogue in professional ways with me. Or willingness is that you'll come together and go beyond ego. We call it the ego bypass. You'll go to that place beyond ego that we can actually collaborate and innovate. I love it. I love this idea of emotional waste. And I don't think people realize how much of it they produce. It's so costly. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think they even, I mean, that's one of those situations I suspect that if you ask someone, well, do you produce emotional waste? If they understand what you're talking about, they probably say, oh, no, 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 no. No, I, I'm a team t- player. I don't do that. I come on, they talk that. about drama and people are like, there's no drama in our workplace. <laughs> I'm like, I've been around you five minutes and there's drama. There's for sure drama. Yeah. Emotional waste, we've really defined it. So in my second book, I actually gave people a formula in reality-based rules of the workplace. I gave people a formula to figure out their own kind of drama quotient because people, your ego keeps you very blind oh, yeah. to it, right? Yeah. For the ego to stay alive, it has to justify all your emotional expense. I'm just passionate. I'm like, well, passion shouldn't hurt. Like, you buried everybody at the meeting, right? So the ego's redefined and justified all your behavior. So your value is the performance that you add, right? Are you current and fluent in the now? Plus, your value also includes, are you ready for what's next? Are you keeping up with the times? Are you staying relevant? But your value has to subtract out your emotional expense. What's your drama quotient? What's your hassle factor? And in our research, we found the emotional expense subtracts three to one Mm. what you contribute. So you can be the best contributor in the world. You could discover the cure for cancer. And you kill it with your negativity. Exactly. So we came up with five things that we know contribute or are sources to drama. And the first one is ego. And most people don't understand or know that their ego is playing them. And so when you're feeling stress, it's really to get skilled at sitting back and unhooking from your thinking. But ego is venting, tattling, scorekeeping, judging, 
And you just notice that if somebody even just walks by you, you're judging them. And but that's, it's like, fe- that's feeding other drama too, really because is. people become defensive because somebody is bringing that negative energy, yeah. right? So, and buy-in is one of them. People withhold buy-in, like you have to earn it for me as a source of drama. Resisting change is a source of drama, and you know, um, and so is withholding engagement and lack of accountability. And so, if you want to be emotionally inexpensive, we talked to you about developing personal accountability, reality-based thinking, which is editing the story, and aligning with the organization, which is just saying yes to where we want to go. Right. It's not illegal. It's not immoral. It's like, what if you just said yes? Um, and, it, and it's also driving for results and being good at change. But for people just to, every day you ask me how to do this, become aware of when you're in pain, you're believing your thinking. When you can question your thinking, you're out of pain. It's that simple. And so questions help people question their thinking. I was working with a physician the other day, and we simply wanted um, him to um, work differently in a surgery suite based on best practice and evidence. And he believed his preference trumped potential. That's the work of the ego. He's resisting Mm. change. And he's like, but I like to do it this way. We're like, well, we've studied it, and it's not as safe for the patients, and we need you to do it another way. And he was like, heck no, I won't go all in ego. And he's like, "Um, it's wrong, and I need to see proof, and and I'm going to take this to the board, and I'm going to check this out. And, And I said, before you do all that work, can you just answer me a question? What would happen if you just said yes? Hmm. He'd never contemplated this. That's beyond ego. Oh. I'm like, he's like, what do you mean if I just said yes? I go, well, you've played out how you're going to say no. I go, let's just get mentally flexible and let's play out what if you said yes? He was stumped. He goes, well, I guess if I said yes, we would have standardization. <laughs> It'd be efficient. And according to your evidence, it would be better for the patient and stuff. Our ego fights paper dragons. It convinces us there's a wow. fight where there isn't any fight. I'm like, well, you can go to the board and spend hours doing that. You can report me. You, you can, can do grieve all of me. This, yeah. Or you could just maybe say yes, and it would involve you just doing one thing differently. And his mind, he was stumped. When he put it that way, he'd never thought of it. So I, I, I'm putting myself in this situation because I can remember a couple of times where a supervisor came to me and said, we're doing it differently now. And I went right to that place. Of, yeah. he but goes I've like, been doing no. it this way forever. But the next day, I'm willing to... I'm okay. I'm ready. I just need that moment of, you know, my, my Yosemite Sam moment, I'll yeah. call it. So how do we get That's past that, you know, get past that fight? What can, what advice could you give me? Rand, you're going to concede anyway. Yeah. Just get so there. just skip so, that yeah, whole just part. Skip that. Like, what so if you skip that What can I say of... to myself? Is it just that simple as saying, what if you say yes? Well, you just toggle yourself. Just, yeah, it's, it's I mean, that toggle. It's, 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 it's we find these toggles. It's so crazy. It's like how to get back into your highest self, right? But there are ways to do it. So a lot of people, when I say, you know, venting um, is unhealthy and we need to do no venting. The ego fights that. They're like, well, everybody needs to vent. <laughs> right. And I'm like, actually, they don't. Because venting is telling the story, not the facts. So... Most people don't understand what you're venting about. Never happened. You made that up. Right. So when you vent, let's say that um, I share a feeling. I go, I'm frustrated when Alex doesn't give me the information I need. Okay? That's sharing a feeling, being human. And so I thought I could go talk to him and work out a better system. Okay? We skipped the venting part. Venting is where I add in all the stuff I made up. He does this crap on purpose, and he's done it for 20 years, and he, he just really is always trying to show me up, and it's because he's selfish. 
Now, all of that, if I questioned it and said, what do you know for sure? None of it's true. What I'm venting on is on things that never happened. So what happens over time, if you're willing to edit your story, let's say I wrote all that down. Alex does this on purpose, and he's trying to set me up, and he, um, he doesn't care about his work. And I wrote that down because when you write things down, here's another way to get beyond the ego. When it's in your head, the ego owns it. If you write it down, the ego has to see it. You can't see through the lens of the ego reality. You have to get it outside of the ego to see the reality. Have you ever written an email and let set for a day? Yes. Right? You go back and you're like, what was I even thinking? That's because you it's got it emotionally out from the driven. ego. So what I teach people to do is write down your true feelings. Don't edit it. Like Alex, you know, stinks. He's trying to get my job and he does this crap on purpose. And if I did this, I'd be fired, but he gets away with it. Write it all down and go back and look at it, not through the lens of the ego. What do I know for sure? And you take a marker and you cross out any assignment of judgment, anything you can't know to be true. Alex is an idiot. Well, he has a PhD. Cross it off. Um, he does this crap on purpose. I don't know. Cross it off. Right. All I'm left with is the reality. Alex didn't give me the information I needed. Hmm. Once you do that enough, you have no tolerance for venting anymore because I'll start venting and then I crack myself up. I'm like, that is such a funny story. <laughs> because if I crossed out everything that I was judgmental, it would just, it would, all I would say was, signed Todd. Yeah. <laughs> signed <laughs> right? Todd. That's, that's, but that's... That would be there. So that becomes your this is ego. Why this drama. Yeah, but Todd, that becomes your personal ego unhook, where you just made this humorous, and you're just like, I'm about to vent. Sign Todd. Todd. <laughs> and, and what it starts to do is because this unhooking from your ego taps you into this place beyond ego. My favorite roommate quote is: "Out beyond the ideas of right doing and wrong doing, there is a field. I'll meet you there." So out beyond all this judgment and stuff, there's this beautiful field of work. I'll meet you there. What happens is when I start to get into that, I remember so clearly the natural way of it and how good it feels to be out of it. So it becomes my natural incentive not to do it anymore. But it's a daily practice. It's a daily practice. I, I love that whole imagery of mm -hmm. let's go to the field. I, yeah. I'm going to take it with Out me. Beyond all of that. And that's why every tool and technique. So in my book, No Ego, we gave tons of tools and assignments for self-reflection. Every technique I have is for you to find your own personal or for leaders to find ones that work with others. Their own way where we can just invite people to the field beyond ego. We bypass the ego and move out there where great work is done. But here's what too many people are doing in HR and leadership right now. They want to do great work with all the egos in the room. And until you unhook, you yeah. have no leverage to do great right. work. And so a lot of people are trying all these great techniques they hear, but they haven't tackled the main one, which is when our ego comes out to play because our ego eats anger for lunch. It's like wearing a pair of prescription glasses that are the wrong prescription. It, it corrupts our data. And the weirdest one is it sees insult where there isn't any. I'm going to uninvite my ego. I know. You're not right? invited to the party anymore. Sorry. And you can keep your confidence because that's not ego. Ego is I know the way and things they should listen to me. And confidence is I'm pretty good at what I bring to the table. And I know if we all connect, we'll figure out a way. That's confidence. Ego is it's I know the way. Well, we have the power to make that change right now if we want to. Absolutely. So one last question before we uh, wrap this thing up. Uh, what has been the feedback for the book? What kind of, uh, oh kind of stories are you getting people reacting to it? You know, um, I'm just, 
from the time I was little, I wanted to help folks. And I wanted them to know that suffering is completely optional. And I've been preaching and teaching this stuff, you guys, for 20 years. And I've had my little tribe of followers and new people discover it all the time. Right now, there's something incredible going on in the world. Like, the stars are aligned. People are ready. Because I have been saying this stuff for a while, and I've been trying to teach people this stuff. Somehow, we have a mass of people opening up, and the book has it's been an overwhelming response. I get, I get emails all the time. So this helped me at work, but it really helped me at home. We're totally doing a book club. We're changing it. Um, and we put out so much content on social media. We've got a huge YouTube channel. Anything at Cy Wakeman on LinkedIn or um, Instagram. We're just feeding people now. Um, I've been abundantly. watching you on LinkedIn. You're doing like a daily yeah. We do daily lots push of push out there. It's awesome. So people have loved the book and. Um, it's really incredible. People are ready. And that's why I think conferences like Work Human are really, I mean, it's doubling in size, like every single year, yeah, I, I understand. It's, it's, it's incredible. incredible. Because people know the old way's not working. And people know that we've got to move people to a higher level of consciousness at work. And right now we're doing a lot of low consciousness things. So I'm excited to be part of it. It's, it's um, crazy good. It is crazy good. You know, the, the lessons you teach don't just apply to the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. No. Every facet of your life relationships. Yeah. So, and we stuff. screw them up, but only daily. <laughs> and, the, and the key is, is favor the mantra. When I'm meditating and I wander from my own mantra, you don't violently like get back to it. You just go, you know what? Now you're there. Let's just favor the mantra, move back here. People can just walk with this on a daily basis. And that creates this whole place where we can just be there for each other. Love it. Because I bring no drama to the marriage. I mean, you know. Oh, I'm sure. None. I'm whatsoever. sure. None. I think I'm going to call your wife after this. Exactly. <laughs> Signed, Todd. So, Sign Todd. Todd. <laughs> so, Sai, uh, before we let you go, uh, should anyone need to connect with you, uh, learn about your work, and get copies of all your great books, where do they go? I appreciate that. Books are at any independent bookstore and online retailer. If you want to get a hold of my company, it's reallybestleadership.com. If you want to join in in the love fest on social media, it's anything at Cy Wakeman. Um, we will see you out there. There really is this great place, the field beyond. So great to have you on the show again. Thank it's you. It's great to see you guys again. Well, you proved once again that you're pretty awesome. <laughs> well, thank you, Todd. <laughs> Thanks for being Science on the show. Science Todd. I'll take that one, <laughs> Science Todd. I want to be in the next book. All right. It's so all the time we have for now. Todd and Rayanne signing off for now. Uh, and here in Austin, Texas, we'll see you again soon on Work Human Radio. Work Human Radio is brought to you by Global Force pioneers of the work human movement. Global Force helps make work more human for millions of people and organizations worldwide. Learn more by visiting workhuman.com and join the work human movement by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and the Work Human Community Forum on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening to Work Human Radio.